Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to episode 450, Gridiron Blitz in the house. Oscar Lopez here, and we'll be followed by Mark Timone, a.k.a. the Backseat Coach, in the second hour as we dive into the WNFC Nine Cup Playoffs, which are going to be coming up here on June 8th through the 10th. We're also going to dive into Week 7 of the WFA, including the D2 and D3 playoff pictures in terms of one week left in the WFA uh, schedule on the road to Canton. Uh, we got a lot of teams in the D3 realm. Um, that has to be probably addressed at the, in the offseason because a lot of teams are really unhappy of where their Massey rating standings are. Um, so strength of schedule and all that to take into account, and that happens almost every year before the first or last week of the season. So we're going to be diving into that as well. We're also going to go into the uh, international realm in Europe, which is uh, the Maple League in Finland, Sweden, Super Series, the AFBD D, uh, DBL1, and then the uh, LaFi uh, uh, 11s playoffs plus the 8s playoffs. So if you're at the hub, facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, you are up to date on everything that's happening in the sport. Uh, happy Pride Month. Uh, if you had seen the post, uh, IFAB, uh, WNFC, WFA, everybody, uh, uh, you know, uh, celebrating Pride Month for the month. Uh, also on Instagram uh, and on uh, TikTok for all the uh, teams, some of the various teams there. So um, shout out to everybody else uh, out there uh, on social media uh, promoting their uh, Pride Month uh, events. And uh, looking forward to this whole weekend coming up here for the WNFC in Salt Lake City and Atlanta. On top of that, the WNFC did announce uh, a couple uh, additional uh, breakfasts. It's a breakfast event that they normally have on an annual basis. So you get the details right there at the WNFC on Facebook or WNFC Football on Instagram as well. Uh, today we're going to have a special guest, uh, Fascia Madhoney, uh, who is the running backs coach for the Cali War 2023, also NFL ambassador, as well as president of We Can Morocco, uh, which is empowering girls out in Morocco and launching youth football academies. So we're going to be talking to her about some of the battles she's faced with, uh, you know, just gender discrimination, um, you know, some of the battles in terms of getting up and running with the youth football and American football in general in her country, and then the, up, the experience uh, with the WFA in terms of the Cali War, and the Cali War right there in the mix for the playoffs on the west side, including St. Louis um, Slam. So we're going to be uh, diving into that as well. Uh, the Nine Cup is going to be pretty much our focus for today. We're going to dive into uh, the big win, D.C. versus Pittsburgh. Uh, D.C. did win uh, this past weekend against Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh kind of hindered on the offensive side of things. So if you did watch the games on uh, the Women's Sports Network, and then you also ca- uh, caught the uh, For the Fans matchup uh, via Revere TV, that was uh, Boston, uh, the Boston Renegades' a big win this past week as well against the Tampa Bay Inferno. Uh, so two clashes there, and looking forward to this weekend here. We're going to have a really, a really good matchups coming up in Week Eight. 
Uh, and then we'll dive in, like I said, to the playoffs in D2 and D3. So if you guys haven't subscribed to our podcast, make sure you head out over to Apple or and Apple are part of the major platforms that we want to be able to kind of gain, uh, gain some traction on. So I really appreciate everybody going over there, subscribing, uh, giving us a, a cool five-star review if you like our content. Appreciate everything that we do every week to bring you attention to women's tackle football on a global scale as well. So uh, head on over to there. If you want to support the podcast, pretty easy to do. Go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Go to the No Joke Football Shop right there. You can get uh, leggings, gifts, T-shirts. If you're not uh, inclined to get anything from us, that's no big deal. You can also get uh, cool stuff at Zazzle for gifts, weddings, everything else, including uh, Marvel, Disney, and Star Wars gear. So check out the uh, No Joke Football Shop at Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties and get uh, worldwide shipping. And if you're in the States, you can get uh, Zazzle Black, which pays you for a little bit of under 10 bucks. You get free shipping on anything uh, nationwide in terms of the United States. So check it out there. All right. I'm going to go over to some of the stuff that's happened at the Hub here before we uh, bring in the talented uh, Fasia Mahoney uh, of uh, Weekend Morocco, president of Weekend Morocco, uh, NFL flag ambassador and WFA running backs coach. So uh, the matchups this weekend was really intriguing. Uh, we had some stuff at the Hub, if you were there. We have a doubleheader coming up here in w, uh, NWFL in the U.K. It'll be Leeds Chargers will be uh, taking on um, the Birmingham Lions in the 9 uh, nine versus 9 series. That's a big, big deal there. Uh, it will be televised, I believe, um, via Sports Tank. And then the other matchup is going to be the Edinburgh uh, Wolves will be taking on facing on the uh, London Warriors. So that's going to be a, two cool matchups in the NWFL. We also have the regional matchups coming up in 7-on-7 uh, seven seven in the U.K., so uh, that's going to be pretty exciting. So don't forget to, you know, tune in to Sports Tank, doubleheader, NWFL action in the U.K., and that's going to be Leeds, uh, Leeds Chargers taking on Birmingham Lions. We're also going to have the London Warriors taking on the Edinburgh Wolves uh, right there as well. The other uh, intriguing uh, aspect that happened was the WWCFL season is over. So we're going to get playoffs on the West Coast and, and also – so we've got Lethbridge, uh, Calgary, Rage, who's going to represent there. And then on the other side, um, the Saskatoon Valkyries uh, look like the team to beat in the WWCFL once again. So it's going to be a different uh, runner-up this year. Uh, more than likely, it'll be Calgary against Saskatoon. Uh, Shout-out to Lisa Gomes of the Calgary Rage, our no-joke football athlete there. So it's going to be interesting in Canada. Um, also, the, uh, the CCWFL and the NWFL, the Maritime, in play right now. So you get some of the details there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. The uh, uh, Le- Le- Elite Monterey League uh, did have their uh, grand finals, a Group A and Group B. So you get the low down there. Congratulations to the uh, Monterey Raiders who won the um, championship and then Valkyrius as well. So congratulations to them for an awesome season there in um, the Liga Monterey. And then if you are inclined to go to the hub, you get all the details of the 2023 Lexfa Football Feminile National Tournament. Uh, Orcas did win out, did win the tournament. So you can go right there to the Lexfa YouTube channel as well, catch all the action. Uh, thanks to Passports Football 
for giving us some of the photos there of the first uh, uh, female tournament, national female tournament, as they were the official sponsor of Lexfa for the tournament. And you get the highlights right there, plus everything that happened there, including, like I said, Orca Serena winning the first uh, Lexfa uh, tournament in Mexico. So uh, more things to come. Uh, Lexfa did announce uh, Lexfa Hidalgo will be part of their realm as well. So uh, a lot of things happening in the female aspect of Lexfa brand. Uh, we're keeping tabs on that as well. And we talked to Jose uh, Ceja in the past about how he was trying to make more of a commitment to get Lexfa up and running and making sure that things were up and going. So uh, the other thing, if you didn't go to our IG and uh, at Gridiron Beauties on IG, uh, we have uh, the quarterback of the Boston Renegades officially now on IG at Cahill QB7. And so we ended up spotlighting her on our stories and also spotlighting her on our gallery. So the GOAT is officially on Instagram, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in women's tackle football, including uh, one of the all-time greats in the Women's Football Alliance as well. Uh, so if you want to follow Allison Cahill, it's AKHill QB7 uh, of the Boston Renegades right there. So you can go check out her stuff and what's coming up in her stories as well. The two matchups of the week uh, were uh, right there uh, on the for the fans. If you go to YouTube, uh, Revere TV, FTF combined there. Uh, Luis Sanchez was making the coverage there. So you can catch the action there. It was the Boston Renegades against the Tampa Bay Inferno. Kind of a one-sided matchup. Unfortunately, uh, Boston continues to steamroll. They have a really good uh, setup there. Uh, the other matchup was in the Women's Sports Network, and Amanda Kangeldi and the DC Divas do get the win against Pittsburgh Passion. And like I said, Pittsburgh's been having the offensive woes right now because their running back went down and their main quarterback, quarterback Chavez, went down. And I, it looks from the news that I gathered from – some of the players on Pittsburgh, uh, their quarterback should be ready to roll for the playoffs uh, when the playoffs start in about two weeks. So that's going to be a big deal in terms of the Pittsburgh passion getting up and running and ready for the playoffs uh, and, you know, be like Franco. That's their mission. On the other side, D.C. really needed this win to stay in contention with the Massey ratings and making sure that they make the playoffs. So a lot of things that happen there, but you can go to uh, the Women's Sports Network uh, look up the Women's Football Alliance game of the week, and you get to catch two awesome games there. Uh, one, a one-sided game, unfortunately. The other one was somewhat competitive for two quarters, but uh, D.C. did manage to obviously pull out the win. And uh, I did get the message from Amanda, of course, to let me know that they're coming and they're ready for the playoffs as well. Uh, the other news that came out on Friday was uh, the WNFC uh, and uh, Dick Sporting Goods, uh, they're going to be uh, sell, uh, launching off the uh, uh, the pep rally for the Nine Cup kickoff, and that's going to be 3 p.m. at Stone uh, Stonebriar Mall, and that's over in Texas. Um, so you go right there. If you're nearby, you can uh, go to the uh, Nine Cup Championship Weekend pep rally. You can see pros win cool prizes and grab some cool gear. So that's going to be at 3 p.m., I believe, on June 23rd for the nine cup uh, rally there as well and then we got highlights from uh caitlin uh polinick uh of the of the uh, about the of the pittsburgh passion about the dc divas pittsburgh passion 
matchups there as well. So you can catch all the games live right there at Women's Sports Network. The replay should be on the Women's Sports Network, and that's going to be uh, Divas versus Passion as well. Uh, you can get the, the game, uh, uh, the 69-0 shutout of the Boston Renegades on Revere TV um, on the YouTube channel. So, and also on the FTF channel. I don't think they're going to repeat that uh, matchup there. But DC did uh, did get their big win, 44-16. That was an awesome performance by both uh, by the DC Divas as well. We also have live stream coverage, uh, courtesy of the St. Louis Slam uh, via live stream STL, and that was the uh, Slam versus Dallas Elite Mustangs. And that matchup is right there. You can actually replay it right there. 42-0, to zero, the St. Louis Lamb uh, defeated the Dallas Elite Mustang, courtesy of Livestream ST, uh, STL. So a lot happening there as well. Uh, did have a feature there uh, on Fosca's story from Hudson Morocco, story about uh, one of, you know, the passion of resilience and the pursuit of empowering young girls through sports, which she's doing right now currently with football in general. So uh, looking forward to see. Um, her, uh, you know, her comments about how everything's going there in Morocco. And uh, congratulations, like I said earlier, to um, some of the uh, champions. Uh, 20 to 18, I believe it was in Lafay, the Raiders from Manila, Raiders um, in Mexico, did get that win in the semifinals. Uh, the Clash of Clashes, uh, Turku as well, and we'll go into that in the second hour with Mark Simone. Uh, congratulations to the LAFM Arena Youth American Football League, uh, that was Val Queen uh, uh, Saltillo. Uh, the youth team was able to win 37-31 in the grand final against the Irish girls. So congratulations to uh, the Queens of the North in the youth uh, program that's down south as well. And then uh, Las Parielas, Mexico, uh, gave us the coverage of the LaFay uh, matchup, the semifinal matchup, uh, Navy Seals versus Halcones, Texcoto. Uh, Navy uh, pulled out the win and the victory. So you had the first half and second half. Navy was 14 to eight, 14 to six, defeated Halcones. And then uh, the other matchup, uh, also on courtesy of Las Parielas there as well. So you get to watch it right there as well uh, in terms of the YouTube. The other uh, matchup uh, was Town Square TV. So you go to the hub right there, you get the link, and you get the live stream of our own uh, Mackenzie Brooks. Uh, she was uh, facing the Minnesota Vixen, the Nebraska Pride team. So Minnesota Vixen wins 21-6 to versus Nebraska Pride. You get to rewatch that game there, Town Square Television, courtesy of them. Uh, so it was Minnesota Vixen against the Nebraska Pride right there as well. So a lot of stuff at the Hub. If you guys haven't gone there, I'll go ahead and go to the Hub, facebook.com, forward slash square beauties. That is the place to be. All right. So uh, do that. Um, and you can catch everything right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Um, you get all the lowdown that's happening in the sport, including IFAB, including everything that's happening. So um, it's going to be a great, great event um, happening here in this week on June 8th as the WNFC is going to kick off their weekend. So um, all they got to do is just go in there and do that. Um, so let me, uh, let me see if she's coming on here. There we go. And I'll just get her going here. All right. So let's see if we can get, you, get her going here and get her stuff. 
Um, so it's going to be a great weekend for the WNFC. And then also in about a couple of days here, we're going to have obviously the um, we're going to have the uh, WFA one one week left in the WFA. So interesting to see that as well. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how the matchups add up, especially with the Master ratings. Kind of interested to talk to Mark about how that's going to happen, especially in D2 and D3, whether we're going to be able to, to handle that. All right, so I'm going to try to get uh, see if I can call her up. And let me get the call right here and see if I can dollar up for you. And we want second. Let's see if I can dollar up here for you. Let's see, two, one, two. Let's see here, two, five, two. Got it. Let's see if it'll go on there. See if it'll come up. So I'm going to try to get her to dial up here, but um, she's actually in Morocco, and I was going to see if I can get her on here, but it looks like it's not a dial, it's dialing. There it is. So let's see if it dials now. See if it goes. I don't know if it's going to let me to do it, so let's try it one more time and see if she's going to be able to dial in for us. Hopefully she can, but I think we're having some difficulty here. So I don't know if she's going to be able to call in or not. There we go. Let's see if she could see if she'll connect. Yeah, it's not connecting. Um, so let me just find out, see what's going on here. Um, in a second here, let's find out. So well, I might have to reschedule. Unfortunately, we, we were trying to get her uh, to call in from Morocco, and we thought it would it would work um, for us to dial out at this point, but it's not working. So I guess it's not going through at this point. So I'm gonna I'll go ahead and just. See if we can get her on. If not, we'll have to reschedule her, unfortunately, uh, maybe when she gets back in the States. But hopefully we can get it uh, gone through here at this point. Um, so let's talk about a little bit of the uh, Maple League series that's happening overseas. Turku is pretty much in, in charge of the Maple Leaf series here. Um, we got a big clash, 48-28. Yeah, 48-28 um, uh, was uh, Turku versus Olu. At this point, so it's uh, so it was a great matchup, 48-28, pretty close matchup. So we're going to get uh, Tampuri, uh, Tampuri or uh, against Olu this coming week, week four, um, and then week uh, it's going to be Helsinki against Turku in week five of the um, in on the 18th at, at this point. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to return a call here. Hold on a second. Let's see if I can get her on here. Um, so um, it's going to be a real big clash on the 18th, uh, Helsinki versus Turku. 
that's going to be a really exciting class. Um, it's basically the top two. Uh, Helsinki's really come back strong at this point, as, uh, and it has they they have improved their program since last year. Last year they kind of fell off. They had a uh, blue team and the yellow team, but now they have the blue team. It's pretty strong in terms of Turku and stuff. So um, I'm, I'm just going to uh, let her know that we might have to reschedule when she's back on the stage because it looks like we're not connecting at this point. Um, there we go. All right, no problem. So we'll just have to probably reconnect when she's back in the States. Uh, when she's back in California, that's not a big deal. Uh, sometimes these things happen, especially uh, when we're doing things live and things don't uh, don't connect, and that's not a problem. I mean, we'll just have to re reschedule that if that's the case at this point. But um, talking about Helsinki, uh, Turku's owned this uh, pretty much the last two seasons. And they also continue uh, to own it at this point. So it's going to be Olu, and uh, Olu came up from Division One up to the front, and then it was Helsinki against. It was it'll be Tampere against Olu. Um, they didn't really lose that by that much, and so it's going to be a situation where um, you know who's going to be the top dog, who's going to challenge um, Turku, and it looks like it's going to be Helsinki who's going to challenge Turku at this point. So we'll find out. Um, you know, how that turns out, but it's currently as it stands, the Trojans are the team to beat in the Maple League, um, and it's impressive so far, uh, their wins uh, through uh, three weeks so far. So we got Tampere Saints uh, against Olu. Uh, both teams pretty much in a must-win. they got to get a win. And then uh, week five is going to be the big clash, which will be Helsinki-Turku against um, – I mean, Helsinki versus Turku in that, in that sense. Uh, let's bring in Mark Simone here, and let's see if we've got him in on the line. Uh, Mark, unfortunately, we're not able to communicate with Fosia. She was in Morocco, but we'll have to reschedule. And that's the way it goes sometimes with the international connections. Yeah, that's it's too bad. Um, you know, even in this age of like, um, you know, internet communications and you know, satellites and everything, sometimes um, it's just hard to, you know, make that connection from long distances. So. Uh, hopefully we'll have her on uh, the show another time because I uh, would very much like to hear about the game from her perspective. You know, she's got a very unique mm -hmm. perspective on the on this game coming from uh, the Middle East, from well, North Africa, Morocco, and yep. um, so that that should be really interesting. So we got her uh, highlight on uh, Hudson, Morocco, right there at the hub. So you guys can go check out her story and uh, what she's all about. Uh, we will probably reconnect with her as soon as she gets back in the States. She's uh, doing a lunch in Morocco, and uh, she thought she was going to be able to call in. And unfortunately, the, you know, the, the lines are obviously not accommodating, even on an international sense, to, to dial in. So, so we'll have to reschedule that for her, and no problem. Um, all right, Mark, let's, uh, let's talk WNFC as we get ready here for Thursday, both uh, in uh, Decor and also in Salt Lake City. Uh, we talked about it briefly, uh, but uh, two podcasts ago, and now we're down to the Eastern Conference, uh, Mississippi being the favorite, of course, and they're taking on Houston. And so at this point, uh, Mark, you know, if you're Coach Soho and and the the Houston uh, Mambas defensively, you, you got to be able to come in and just really control this game and and try to control the uh, Panther offense. And then on the other side, 
I mean, if you're the uh, Mamba offense, you got to be worried about the the front that front seven of uh, Mississippi. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think um, I don't think anybody's expecting the exact same um, you know game that we saw earlier in the season. I think this is a this is a very interesting matchup, um, despite it being a rematch. Um, these two teams have seen each other before. I think, particularly in the case of Houston, who you know is a new team this year. Um, you know, every team that they saw this year was the first time that they saw them in a, in a sense, right, Oscar? Mm-hmm. So, yep. So, so this is a chance for them to see if they can you know, bridge that gap from from the first uh, game that they played and see if they can pull in, pull off an upset. And they're really close match, uh, Mark. When I was, I, I was doing the, the stat review this uh, yesterday, and these uh, on both sides of the ball, they're very close matched. Uh, I think uh, the Panthers ended up uh, number six overall in scoring and Houston number seven. And then on the defensive yep. side, uh, it was, I think, number nine and number seven and nine for both respectively. So, it, you know, on, on paper, these are pretty two evenly matched teams. And if they get going, they got playmakers on both sides and they and their defenses are pretty decent. Yeah, absolutely. I, you are right. I, you know, on paper there, you know, they um, have uh, are, are pretty evenly matched. And we know that there are playmakers on both sides. So uh, this is really the kind of meaning of parity, right? Yep. Two teams, yep. uh, they're not that far off from each other, despite the fact that, you know, one is five and one on the season, the other is three and three. Um, but that's what makes this a good matchup. You can see that there's some, some a level of parity between these two teams. As I said, they, they both have playmakers. So it's like an any given Sunday type of situation. Um, you know, if, if, if somebody, you know, goes off and um, can, you know, have a big game, um, they could make all the difference in, you know, advancing to the next round. Well, we got on the Mississippi side, as we look at it, uh, it's Young, Jackson, and Knicks, right? And you got everybody ro- uh, rotates around um, Gore because the running game hasn't been that effective for them, but the passing game, has been very effective in terms of, you know, spreading the ball to Young, Jackson, and Knicks. Um, so that's going to be key right there for, for Mississippi to keep it going. Um, I mean, Candace has done really well, but I don't know where her status is at this point. Uh, I know Bennett was a little bit better in, in terms of, you know, output. So uh, overall, I think the receiving core uh, in terms of the Mississippi core is kind of a, their key to, to this victory. And then on the other side, Mark, uh, we talked to Mary Woodward uh, a while back. You had Bradford, Mallory, uh, Mallory uh, Edwards, Williams. Uh, so they're, that's a bunch that you got to deal with. So if you're Houston, that's probably the one thing you got to circle is that defense in terms of coming after you. But absolutely. I, like, it, it could be very easy for uh, a team or you know fans or anybody watching just to um, kind of overlook that defense simply because, um, Mississippi's offense, you know, has some pretty big names there, as as you mentioned, with you know Gore, um, you know, and Knicks uh, in the passing game. Um, 
And, you know, I, I think if you're, if you're Houston, I, I think the key really, you know, when you're attack, trying to attack uh, Mississippi's offense is, is to somehow stifle Gore. You got to put pressure on her. That's, that's the number one thing, you know, Gore really is sort of the most effective rusher um, on the Panthers. Uh, I, I think situationally, right. When she gets a chance to break it, she, she usually, you know, makes pretty good on it. Um, and I, I think if you're Houston, you want to put her in those situations where she can't get the pass off and has to choose to run and um, hopefully, I, I think, the, you know, the Mambas will be looking to contain her. And if they can stifle her, then they have a good shot of winning. But uh, as you said, Oscar, scoring on this team is not going to be easy because they have a very, very solid defensive unit um, that doesn't really have a lot of weaknesses to, to exploit. Um, they're pretty stout against the run. Their secondary is good. You know, they've, they've got very good tacklers in the middle of the field. So, um, so that's, that's going to be a tall task. Um, and, you know, they're going to have to somehow get out in space to try and get, you know, get as many yards as possible by, you know, being outside the tackles and um, just try and find Scott in space and, and deliver the ball to her. The key will be, uh, can, uh, you know, can at this point, you know, the rise of Tagaloa, can Tagaloa rise to the moment? Because if, you, if you're a Mississippi, Mark, if you're only dealing with the D. Scott, if you shut down D. Scott, D. Scott's been the only thing that they have on in terms of the running game. On the other side, uh, the defense in terms of Radford, Charity, Wells, and, and Cole, they're going to have to really muster a real big pressure to try to get uh, Gore rattled, right? The timing off with Young, the timing off with Nick, timing off with Jackson. So they, this, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but uh, this matchup really falls on the defense and how well they can – contain and disrupt the Mississippi offense. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I, I think when you flip the coin over, um, you know, it's, it's the same uh, kind of game plan for Mississippi. They know that they, you know, if, if they can contain D Scott, then that will probably be good enough to, to win to to win the matchup because it is a question whether or not Tagaloa can rise to the occasion and uh, find um, you know find other receivers you know to um, to you know be multifaceted all right Houston needs to be multifaceted if they're going on offense if they're going to win this game. Yeah, the only other option they have is if something would happen to Scott, uh, it would have to be Hopkins or Cousins to step up, and that's a that's a, a you know a moment for everybody. But if you're in Houston, the Houston team at this point, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at offensively, can you keep toe to toe with this team? Because if you can't, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the the Mamba defense to try to even keep it close. You know. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, if, if Houston finds themselves behind by a couple scores, you know, early going to be a long game for them, Oscar. And we haven't even talked about penalties. Uh, they've had 35 penalties. They've given up, I think, 250, 252 yards uh, in terms of penalties and penalties per game, 42. So if you take a look at um, that aspect of it, I think I was looking at Mississippi. Let me see here. I'm going to go into it now, but let's look at the penalties part. So kind of like I said, equally matched, 35 uh, penalties for Houston, 27 uh, basically for uh, Mississippi. So it's it's a clash of, you know, who's going to want it more in a lot of sense, and the difference is, you know, will Houston be able to contain uh, Mississippi offense, and is Mississippi going to be in sync, really the question, you know, coming into this game. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not exactly filing this under um, an upset watch, but, um, you know, Houston definitely has a chance, but they really have to um, – they, they have to be at their best, and they need to take uh, advantage of, of any opportunities or mistakes by Mississippi that, that they can. Um, I, I feel like Miss, Mississippi, for their part, could probably survive, um, you know, some mistakes or, you know, bad penalties or just bad situations. Um, because their defense, I, I think, is that good, right? I, 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 th- I think, um, you know, I think if Mississippi struggles to score early, it's not going to be, you know, that's not going to be the end of it. Whereas it, if for the shore on the other foot in Houston had trouble scoring early, I would be very concerned about their ability to win the game. Yeah, and this is, like I said, this is going to be on the shoulders of Tagaloa a lot um, a lot more so than anything because you're relying on Tagaloa and, and Scott to really keep offensively going. But, you know, like the, the barrier and the challenge will be the Mississippi defense. And that's until they can show us different, I mean, we, we, have, to, we have to go with Mississippi defense as being probably something that they're going to have to contend with all game in terms of pressure, yeah. in terms of uh, – and all that. So, you know, if you're Houston – I mean, you you got a lot of obstacles going for you right now. If you're Mississippi, it's not an easy win, but, you know, given your uh, balance attack on both sides, um, you know, there's an opportunity there where you feel a little better going into this contest. You know, absolutely. And, you know, the old adage, uh, defense wins championships. Well, now now it's it's time to uh, see if um, the Panthers can – win a championship with that, with that defense, you know, they've, they've, they've showed out, right. And they've been in some close games uh, this season. Defense has really helped pull them through, help, you know, set up, um, set up a situation where uh, Gore needs to just make one play to win the game. Um, And that's, that's been a winning uh, formula for for Mississippi. I really do feel like their their defense is um, sort of like I don't know the sort of the, the killer. The, that's the thing that kills the other teams is, is Mississippi's defense. And they've been good all year. So I mean, 
I mean, ranked number six, I think, overall in terms of scoring. And then their defense was literally almost seventh, ranked number seven. So not not too shabby at this point. They were allowing, I think they were allowing 18 points a game. So there's opportunity for Houston uh, pressure on there as well. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Mark, I mean, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. Finish. Oh yeah, I was just saying. You know, their you know, their their points allowed isn't you know wildly impressive by any stretch of the imagination, and they they don't even have you know, a single shutout under their belt. Um, but, they, hey, they're 5-1, and one, right? They did enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did enough to win five out of six games. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's kind of evenly matched, as we mentioned earlier, right? Because I think the Mambas are also only allowing 18 points a game. So they're really – and then yeah. they lost by – they lost by, what, 10 in their last matchup? Um, when, when they faced them, they only lost by 10. So, you know, a play here or there – uh, minimal minimal controllable penalties could have given them the advantage. You know? So this is probably the game that I'm going to be watching a lot more closely than any of the other, the other games uh, because I think this is going to be one of those games where, like, can Houston rise to the occasion, right? And will we be mm-hmm. will you know Mississippi disappoint us right after this good season so far? Right. Yeah, and I'll be watching that one very closely as well. Like that's definitely. I mean, these are all great matchups this week there's there's no doubt about it uh must see tv right um oh yeah uh and uh this is going to be an exciting one for sure mark uh, we talked about atlanta a while back and we said hey you know didn't have the the toughest schedule right didn't have the best competitive schedule uh they they went up against mississippi and lost um at this point we also talked about washington in that same realm where they didn't have such a tough schedule so it's a story of two teams that really haven't faced any really adverse any real adversity in terms of like the top top five teams in the WNFC as an example. But if you're Atlanta, uh, I mean this is your this is the moment that you got to be able to just you know I guess I want to call it aggressively win this game and just showcase what you're about. And if you're Washington, uh, you got nothing to lose but a chip on your shoulder for not being put in the dance last year and then showing, showing out to where you take down Atlanta. I mean, that's the, it's, it's two dynamics there. Yeah. I think we talked about this quite a bit, um, you know, a, a couple weeks ago um, in looking forward to this, this matchup and you're right. I mean, this, this is like a statement game for, for both teams. Um, you know, I, and I agree with you that like, this is Atlanta's opportunity to come out very aggressively, try and put down Washington to make a bold statement that they are a, you know, they are truly a contender. Um, uh, as you mentioned, you know, their regular season schedule as Washington's is, is, is not full of um, the top competition simply by, you know, virtue of, geography and for the time being at any rate you know the atlantic conference uh just isn't as strong as the other as the other conferences philadelphia tennessee and uh, florida rounding out the conference and they each only have one win apiece um so that's obviously nothing to write home about if you've got wins against them on your schedule but there's you know there's still the games that you played and, you know, he still won them handily. Um, so 
you know, I, I think no matter who wins this game, either Atlanta or Washington, um, whoever comes out of it is going to have that chip on their shoulder in the next round as well. I think Atlanta, uh, I'm confident Atlanta has, you know, the dual threat at quarterback. So if one of them goes down, you're able to get, you you got a a depth there. Um, You also have some pretty good uh, rushing methods there with uh, Brittany Smith. And then you also have the the receiving core, Ramsey, Coleman, Alexander, uh, so, and then Smith as well. So, uh, I mean, they're ready. They're good. Uh, you know, this is, this is, like I said, this is the moment. They've got to be able to punch this one in and show us that they're, they're going to get ready and they're going to be facing a battle-tested Houston or a battle-tested Mississippi. That'll be their next obstacle. And if they get past, uh, you know, if Mississippi gets past Houston, we get a rematch here. So, what, you know, what better a situation for Atlanta if they get past Washington to go up against Mississippi and one step to the nine cup? A big, big yeah, moment. no doubt. Yeah, and you know they're going to want to um, avenge that one-point loss against Mississippi in the regular season. Uh, it suffered back on May 6th. So um, of the six games, uh, you know, their, their one game against an out-of-conference team, Mississippi, was by far their toughest challenge. Um, and it's good to have it, you know, on the schedule. Um, so we might have a, a, a sneak peek at, at what a, you know, possible um, conference final might. So that was a one-point victory, 7-6, to six, low-scoring affair, which I think people didn't really expect when Mississippi and Atlanta uh, uh, met the first time. So not to get too far ahead, we've got to focus on the prodigy, who the Phoenix faced and defeated by a score of 20 to six on May 13th. So really not that long ago, still pretty fresh um, in the memories of both teams. And so I know they're both chomping at the bit to, um, to have this rematch. And I don't want to go in the same boat. I, uh, you know, with one dimensional, but Washington does become one dimensional, kind of like what we just said with D. Scott in Houston. If Ballard isn't on her game or if Ballard isn't given, you know, the gaps, the A gaps, uh, if uh, Clark isn't connecting, you know, with Hilliard and uh, Sangalin and Thacker, I mean, this, this is, uh, is going to be a tough win for them. They can't, they can't, they're not going to be able to pull this off. So, you know, if you're Washington, this is your moment. You know, you didn't make the playoffs last year. One, uh, you know, one moment to take down a – pretty much a number two seed, and then you you get taken down the number two seed, you're able to go up against a number one seed more than likely. So, you know, this is a, what stories are made of, right, in terms of the playoffs. So you can take down number two, the opportunity to take down number one, and then, you know, ultimately, you know, you, you make it to the championship if that's, if that's the route you want to take. But for Ballard and Mercer and for a Clark and, and for Hillard and everybody else, I mean, this is – this is a game where, like you said a couple weeks ago, you really, you know, you really got uh, blown out. So you, this can't happen. Yeah, uh, they definitely have to play a different kind of game than what they played um, a, a few weeks ago. I really, you, you know, I hear what you're saying about, you know, one dimensionality, and very much they're in the same boat as Houston, 
be multidimensional, I think, to um, compete in this game. You know, they Ballard, Ballard let's, let's be real, though. Ballard is that type of running back that can take over a game and win, win a game for you and just carry mm-hmm. you. But, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you can get her some help, man, you're going to be in a lot better situation, right? And Casey Hilliard is a fine receiver. And she's got skills, and they need to find a way to get her the ball as well. And, and I'm not talking about just, like, you know, chucking, you know, chucking deep passes down the sideline, which she can get. But you got to work her more, I think, into the game plan. So um, that would be my my advice to the prodigy, just in an effort to, you know, keep them honest and um, not solely rely on your running game. The, the question will be, can the Washington prodigy defense to, to Sean Lay, you know, Dentley, uh, Kuzer, Wilson, Ridlon, Blake, can they stop, uh, you know, the, the Brown offense? Can they stop the, the Atlanta offense? It's a, and I think a lot of the pressure is going to be on the defense more so than anything. Because like you said, if, if Fowler gets going, the holes are open. Uh, offensively, they're going to get going. But the question is, can this defense step up and really, you know, try to contain Atlanta to keep it close enough to where maybe they, they edge them out? Because Atlanta, I mean, they have their own, you know, stable, if you will, a bigger stable of running backs even than Washington does. You know, with Brittany Smith and Kayla Ramsey, um, Wheeler, um, you know, they can, the quarterbacks can run out of the backfield too. So, you know, they have a lot, they have a lot of weapons um, coming out of the backfield Atlanta does. So that's, that's a pretty tall assignment to your point, Oscar. And one of the things that is to your point earlier, you know, how big of a chip does this Washington prodigy team have, right? To try to win this one and really send a statement to the WNFC that they deserve to be here and especially taking down Atlanta number two seed. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think in this one, you know, uh, on paper, um, you know, Washington is a little bit outmatched in this one. So it's on them to, you know, prove them wrong. And, um, you know, the games aren't won on paper. As they say, they're won on the field. So um, can they win on the field? That will be the question. So, you know, uh, I think right now Washington is the team that we have to look upon and say, can you know, are they are they going to be mad enough that they didn't make the playoffs last year, and are they going to be like, you know, pissed off enough to go uh, go into Atlanta, take down the Phoenix in their you know so-called biggest moment, and uh, you know rise to the occasion. So two key matchups in this Eastern Conference. So Mark, I I'm taking I'm taking ATL to. Uh, by a touchdown or two at this point, um, unless Washington can rise to the occasion defensively to stop this offense. And on the other side, I, I think Mississippi will step up and uh, the difference will be their offense. Right. I, I, I also will uh, take the favorites here. Um, yeah. Not much more to say about that. Yeah. 
On the other side, Mark, uh, Texas, Denver, we didn't dive into uh, that matchup, you know, as much. But, you know, the elite, uh, it's going to be a a situation here with Denver and their game plan. Um, You have Michelle Angel uh, says that she's back. So there's, you know, something happens to Bushman, you got uh, QB Depp right there, right, (laughs) as always. Right. Um, And then on the other side, you got Tara Thomas, Satterwhite, uh, and Wesley as well. Uh, but most, for, for the most part, it's Thomas and Satterwhite that have been doing a great job in terms of rushing. Then on the receiving end, uh, who do we name there? I mean, besides Jackson and Landry or the Staples, you still have Satterwhite that plugs in there. Hellman's still there. Thomas. So, uh, I mean, this, this team is uh, no different than your Renegades, like I said earlier. Uh, it's just uh, the depth is just – there's a lot of depth, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It was one of the things that uh, I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago is, you know, it, with the, with a the team like the elite, you know, they're, they're, you know, their roster is a strength, you know, from not just the quality of the players, but, you know, the quality of the players who are backing up the starters. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And any one of these, any one of these players can, um, just twist the knife on you, right? Um, all the names you mentioned, you know, Jelani Kelly, uh, you know, she can do it to you. <laughs> um, uh, Tara Thomas, Satterwhite, you mentioned Landry Jackson. Oh, my God, right? Um, Guidry, it, it's like it goes all the way down the line. There's um, – you can't – I suppose if you're Denver – you just got to sort of get blind to who the people are and just, you know, just, just play, just play the position, right? Just, yeah. just play the play there, play the, play the route, right? Play the formation. doesn't matter who it is. Um, and just put that out of your mind. Cause I, I can't really see any way that you can <laughs> carry on this game. If, if, you know, you're worried about, oh, we've got a double-team, you know, Maria Jackson. Well, you know, if you have to double-team Maria Jackson, man, they're, they're like five of the other people that you need to double-team, right? Um, the mini that's Jackson. just the way this team is – yeah, it's <laughs> just the way this team is built. And, you know – The mini Jacksons yeah. will be on the other side of the end zone. The other Jacksons, the ones that you're unknown. Um, Mark, defensively <laughs> – if you're Cassie Cubis, right, and that uh, the Houston, the Denver uh, offense, uh, you gotta you gotta shore up all this. Uh, I can't snap the ball properly, right? Can't open up the holes because on the other side you got Elisa Weathered, Guidry, Griswold, Mitchell, Kimbrough. Uh, welcome to the big time. <laughs> this is this is this is what uh, this is how it's the wall. Can the wall stand to actually make throws? That's the question. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, at some point they're probably gonna gonna have to if they're gonna have a, a chance to catch up from behind, right? <laughs> I think we all expect. I think we all expect um, the expected in this game. We expect the uh, Texas Elite Spartans to, you know, you know, build up a lead throughout the first half. You know, I think we expect the Denver defense to play very tough and, you know, keep 
keep the elite on a pace, um, but after halftime, it, it, it'll probably just be a landslide. So that's the kind of game I'm expecting. Um, the Denver uh, coordinators are going to have to come up with some very, very creative solutions if they're going to contend um, with Texas in this one. So, Mark, the uh, Terry Lister game plan is throw the kitchen sink at the Spartans. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> Literally, right? Uh, Wendy son, congratulations. <laughs> you are the key running back to get pounded <laughs> by Gidry yeah, and company. Right. <laughs> yeah, welcome. It's to- pretty. It's yeah. pretty <laughs> wild, wild, wild <laughs> times. Um, but hey, you know this is not the time to hold back, right? If, if no. you got if you got plays that you haven't used, you know, break them out. Just like there there can't be anything that's taken off the table at this point, right? Um, no, no. And and Mark you talked about the key is drop balls. Uh, Denver has been notorious for dropping balls, even though the the passes have been there. So we uh-huh. said last the what two podcasts ago. The, the key to Denver winning or even having a chance here is it's going to be Mazizek, McGinnis, Murphy, and Morgan, and how well they how well they hold on to the ball. So uh, if right. you don't have, uh, you know, what do they call it, Gorilla Glue? You better go get some. Put it on your that's right. Put it on your gloves or something because you're going to need every catch, right? Every every throw and a catch is going to matter against the the lead Spartans because if you start giving them uh, field position with with punting, uh, you're you're done. <laughs> Sorry, right. and you know, I mean, it also it's not just the drops or the the you know somewhat easy passes that should be kept. And these receivers are going to have to make tough catches too if they're going to have a chance. So they got to catch them all, right? And that's a pretty, I think, a pretty scary prospect if you're Denver to know that you know. That that's what this game, um, you know, rests on. Your your ability to win this game rests on Cuba's falling, uh, throwing the ball, and your receivers catching it. And you're going against, you know, defenses out there, right? Um, mm-hmm. But hey, you know what? Uh, much like Houston, uh, Denver doesn't have anything to lose but a football game, right? So, I you know. They weren't even they, supposed they, to be here, Mark. Right. Las Vegas right. was here. So, so in a way, if you don't know supposed to be here, say. maybe shock somebody. Yep. So yeah, just they just gonna let it all hang out. Yep. There's there's not much in, there's no more advice that that anybody can give, right? Nope. If you're Amber Craft, St. Ruth, London, right? You you already got your work cut out for you. That defense, you got your work cut out for you. That's all I'm going to say right now. So uh, if they can keep it closed, you know, as they they say, God help you. That's all I'm saying. You got to keep it closed. Right, yeah. I mean, let's not forget that Denver's defense has has sort of been their marquee unit uh, since inception. Right? So, uh, but you're, you know, to your point, we know that they're going to have to be working very, very hard um, and confidently and uh you know what they they might have to take a couple of chances on 
on defense to see if they can't get a turnover. Um, Strip, strips, pressure, right? Just uh, whatever they can get is an advantage. Yep. You know, they know what they need to do. It's just can they, you know, can they get it done against a squad? That's all it is. It's competition. It's about competition right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It's like Kristen uh, Kristen London knows – uh, you know, the evolution of the Denver Bandits, right? To arrive here now, get another shot in the playoffs. I mean, you already went up against Utah. You know what they're all about. Uh, but, yeah, the, the the game, the win, the opportunity to win will fall on, you know, Denver uh, playing their most complete game of the season. This is it on both sides of the ball, special teams. Uh, they got to be on point in order for the team to have a shot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, all season, I mean, probably in their entire existence, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need to play their most complete game they ever played ever. Um, and, you know, that's definitely hard to do. You know, you're missing a few players. It's the end of the season, the, uh, a season that didn't exactly go the way you thought it was going to go. So um, it, it's it's a lot of weight to carry. But uh, that's that's just how the cards were dealt. Yep. Uh, guys, don't be inclined. Uh, give us a like, share our podcast, subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Sprecher. That's the two major platforms in terms of podcasts. Give us a, a cool five-star review if you appreciate all our feedback here and insights from like Mark Simone, Holly Custis, Terry Lister, um, Mackenzie Brooks, myself, Nate Ward. So check it out. Uh, easy click. Give us a five-star review if you really like our content. Over 400 episodes uh, that we've done over the years. So uh, this is what we do every Tuesday. Devote an exclusive time for two hours to women's tackle football and spotlighting women's tackle football. So that's what we normally do. So, uh, Mark, uh, we're, only, we're not even getting paid Snickers. So just so the fans know, this is, this is kind of a devotion for us to kind of chat for two hours, women's tackle football. So make sure you, uh, you yeah. like and subscribe our no chocolate, no nougat, no caramel, just peanuts. Not even a Slurpee. Brian gets a Slurpee. We don't even get a Slurpee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's got deep pockets. He can afford those Slurpees. Deep pockets? I don't know. I'd beg, I think he'd make the different deep pockets. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's all those plane rides he takes. He flies all over the place, so. <laughs> well, first first class, I guess. The Slurpees are working. First class. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great announcer but we, we just have to credit he's a great announcer so he does really good work all over the, all over the place not just in one sport he does various sports so multi-talented absolutely all right mm-hmm. um so mark the setup here utah san diego no strangers right if you're nenji martin mm-hmm. if you're robinson that one point loss could have been a win does it really matter now it has to be here now right. We got to win. Yep. Take them down at home. Move on. Somehow, I think Utah is going to survive this. Um, as we know, this is like a very intriguing game because uh, Sarah Glisha is is out. She's injured. She cannot play. She's done for the season, and um, the position falls to. A rookie is she a rookie? She is or a rookie. Has she just not played. 
She's a rookie. A rookie, a rookie of, of note out of the Utah Girls Football League. I don't like that. Right. This, this is exciting. This is exciting stuff. All right. So, I mean, you, the Falcons are they're, – they're survivors. You know, everybody counted them out last year in the, in the playoffs. You know, they weren't going to get past Denver. You know, they weren't going to make it to the championship, but they did. They did all that. Um, and so this year, right, it's kind of another dramatic story heading into the playoffs here um, with um, having your starting quarterback injured and out. And, you know, most most teams, if you're facing them, would be licking their chops, right, thinking, oh, this this is going to be great. This is going to be, you know, an easy win. Um, but um, they, you know, really need to be, you know, getting brushed up because there's not a lot of film now, right, on on, um, on the new quarterback. Lord. Yeah, Laura That's right. Um, so they, he's very – uh, very uh, what do you call it? Uh, I was told very ready. This is a moment. Get a backup quarterback, right, to take down the rebellion, mm-hmm. right? A backup quarterback to try to take down the rebellion. That's uh, that's pretty huge. Even for her, it, it's it be is, even bigger. It, it would. It, it it is. It's a huge story. Um, and you know we know so little about uh, Laura Getz that. Um, you know, we could be surprised. We might be surprised, you know, no matter the outcome. But it is interesting to hear that she's a product of Utah um, Girls Tackle Football League, um, you know, which is, you know, quite famous, of course. And I think we've all been waiting to see what kind of impact that that program has on a team like the Utah Falcons, Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is like sort of like one of our first ways of, of seeing what that might look like. So it is a very, very interesting matchup. And Mark, not to say that Sarah wasn't mobile or, you know, mobile, mobile quarterback, but Laura is a rushing quarterback. So she's got the potential right. for escapability. She's got the potential to run the ball and not scared to tuck the ball in and get the yardage, right? You know what I'm saying? Kind of like you're not missing Sarah in a, in a lot of ways. It's kind of like just a replacement for Sarah in, in maybe in an upgrade mode or a younger mode, right? And so they, they if they stick to the same script that uh, Jasper's been doing the whole season, uh, there's there's n- not missing a beat here. Um, are they going to balance it out with Blackwell and Magana? Could do that, right, a little bit more. And then we do mm-hmm. have her potential to throw the ball as well. So she's a, she's right. got a really good arm to throw the ball. So we got Bland and Johnston, uh, Johnson and Blackwell and Cox. Uh, so, you know, I don't know which way uh, Coach Jasper is going to go with it, but I'm pretty sure that he's already game planning based on her capabilities where where to get an edge. Oh yeah, I mean that's you know this is why I said what I said. I I feel like Utah is going to survive this just simply because of you know the ethic of preparation. Um, I just know that team's going to be prepared. Um, it's always a question as to whether or not an individual player um, will rise to the occasion um, when their number's called. But, 
when you back that with preparation, it's not a worry. And Utah is just one of those teams that that can do that. Um, and like you said, um, you know, Getz is athletic. She can run. I'm looking up her stats. She's 5'6", 145 pounds. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like, a, you know, pretty durable um, athletic person. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess we really just, you know, we'll be wa- we'll be watching what the what formations that they're they're going to put out here because um, if they can do some different things with with this quarterback um could really catch San Diego off guard like i said there's not a lot of there's you know not a lot of film on this particular quarterback and although San Diego is very familiar with um, Utah, one of one of the teams that's the most familiar with Utah of 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 all teams, um, they might get a lot of new stuff thrown at them. Intriguing is going to be the word. Intrigue. I'm intrigued at how uh, the defense on on the Falcon defense, Tella, Nance, Roby, how they're going to adjust. Uh, for the offensive change, because I'm, I'm pretty sure they already know they got, they're going to have to play a really hardcore game to give uh, give the other side the chance to you know to keep toe to toe with it. But they they're no strangers to uh, Martin. That's what I'm trying to get at. You know, right. they know what Martin's all about. They know what Gutierrez is all about, right? They know what Malaxos is all about. So if if they can somehow slow down the rebellion, right, in terms of the run game. It makes them one-dimensional because now you got to go to Ots and you got to go to everybody else in terms of the, the playing game. And there's opportunity, obviously, for uh, picks. Right, absolutely. And you know, a, a, a turnover too could really uh, change this entire game. Um, you know, when when you're looking at uh, San Diego's offense, uh, you know Gutierrez is going to be a big part of the game and. Uh, I think a lot kind of turns on if you can slow her down, um, keep her contained. You know, she's, you know, uh, close to 600 yards on the season, so it's close to, you know, 100 yards a game, eight touchdowns, um, more than anybody else on um, on the team. So so she's she's her their main scorer. Um, so she's the key. Uh, if you can manage to neutralize her or even just slow her down container, um, um, well, I, I'm, I'm certain that that's part of uh, the Falcons' game plan here. And then if you go on the other side, Mark, uh, if you're Utah, uh, you know, San Diego doesn't have many weapons in terms of the receiving core. It's only Robertson that's been a big factor. They've uh, Ott's been contained. Uh, at times they've used uh, Gutierrez in space and then Chambers as well. So two weapons there, but the ma- majority of the passing game for Martin has been for Robertson. So if you're able to, con- you know, double-team Robertson, uh, now we got, you know, Chambers and Ott and, Ever- and Claxton, they've they got to step up in order to, you know, make a, make a difference out of here. Yeah, you're right. Um, they definitely need to game plan for Robertson. Um, she's averaging almost. She's averaging over 34 yards 
her reception. So she's a big play machine, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, if 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 you can cut those big plays down, shave them down to half, um, then you know you 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 might be in a good spot there to, um, you know, uh, Utah the last time. She was able to get in space. She was able to get to the end zone. So that's this is one of the things that, you know, she's got to do. You know, it's probably in her head, right, Mark, that one-point loss. But this is a better game. you got to be able to, you know, mentally be stronger, get yourself in a groove, uh, because as she goes, San Diego scoring goes. And if you start to – she goes and Gutierrez starts to go, uh, you know, there could be a little bit of trouble there for Utah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think I think if you're San Diego, you, you could very well look at this game as, you know, your game plan as offensively being the same as what you did last time. Because they really should have – San Diego really should have won that game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was a drop pass. It was a drop pass, <laughs> and that made that made the difference. They did everything else that they needed to do to win that game. So at least offensively, you got to think that they'll be looking to basically do the same thing over again, right? Um, mm-hmm. Defensively, they're going to have to adjust, but offensively, you know, I think they did what they wanted to do last time, and so they're going to be looking to do that again. So their front, San Diego front, Mark, uh, we all know what Mercedes is all about. We have no question there. We all know what uh, Aspenberg's all about. So it's going to be a, a question about, you know, uh, Nugent, Lusane, and Claxton, and can they contend Magana, Blackwell, and can they put pressure on the young quarterback? It's going to be the, that interior line should be able to contain because we already know what the other two are all about. So can the middle, you know, between uh, Nugent, Lusane, and Claxton, can they put enough pressure on, on Laura's first outing? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, this you're right. This is going to be a really, really big a moment for that that D line, right? They're they're definitely going to be, um, I think, center to um, the uh, defensive strategy. You know, Cause they they got to get a big push up front. They want to be able to, um, you know, put put pressure uh, on the quarterback and you know stop runs short. Uh, at, as we say, to make. Um, you know, Utah uh, a bit one-dimensional and maybe try and force a rookie quarterback into trying to carry the, carry the team. So you're absolutely right. This is, this is a big game for that front line. Hey, Mark, if you're Jasper, uh, Coach Jasper, man, first season out, undefeated, uh, you know, this has got to be like right in his head, right? This is a standard of excellence that they've always set here in Utah. And you do not want to fall in the semifinal. That's basically the bottom line for him, because uh, the only other the only, the only other thing you're going to get out of this, if you win this game, you're going to get literally what Rasmussen couldn't do. Can you take down the elite Spartans right before a nine cup mm-hmm. nine cup berth? It's a big tall task, but that's that's the road right. that he's on. Yeah, I mean it, it's a very interesting. Uh, position for Utah to be in, to be in a bracket that would have them face, um, you know, uh, the Spartans before the nine cups. 
So although, you know, this is a new development, um, uh, new new structure with the bracket and a new, whole new playoff structure. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite certain uh, Coach Jasper's not looking past the assignment in front of him, but, uh, you know, they've had, they've pulled off upsets before. Maybe there'll be a little bit less pressure playing um, Texas in, uh, in the, in the playoffs rather than the championship game. I don't know if it really makes a difference, but maybe it does, you know, maybe, maybe Utah will find it a little bit easier to be facing Texas in the semifinals rather than having all that added pressure of being, you know, in Frisco, Texas at, you know, big complex and all the trappings that go mm-hmm. with the national championship weekend, right? That's playing to your head, but you know, Hey, maybe there's going to be less pressure um, for, you know, Utah or San Diego. Should they meet up with, with Dallas um, in, in this, in uh, this coming weekend. The West Coast, Mark, traditionally has been what? A dogfight. And this, this Western Conference, <laughs> if you're San Diego, Utah, uh, I, what do we say about Denver, right? They've been in the play- Denver's been in the playoffs for the last three weeks. <laughs> so this right, is, that's right. It's, it's a, all these teams have been in a dogfight, right, within each other, on the, on the other side bracket. And, and uh, I mean, the reward, Mark, if you're – if you're Utah and San Diego, the reward more than likely will be the champs who have, who have beaten yep. – the champs have beaten both of these teams in the final. So, yep. <laughs> scenario. That's right. But it will be a very different situation, you know. I mean, it's got to be very different to, to face Texas after they just played a game two, three days ago as opposed to playing Texas – after they've been preparing for you for two weeks and Good had a point. lot of time Good to get point. healthy. Do you know what I'm saying? Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. You're on it point. It hasn't yeah, worked out right. for too many other teams, but this, this would be the first time that Utah or San Diego, I think, would have, have a shot at that. If you're Nenji Martin right now, it's like the obstacle does not get any easier, Mark. <laughs> you got to take down yeah. number two ranked. And then if you do take down number two rank, now you got to take number one ranked. <laughs> so if you're the rebellion, man, uh, I mean, not to say that they're not talented, but it, they're going to, they are going to earn it is the word, right? They will have to earn it. If that's the case. Well, you know I what? Mean, I'm sure they're game for it. That's, you know, yep. they're, they're competitors and, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they've, worked through adversity and they played a lot of tough football games. So uh, they're here for it. I'm sure. And I'm here for it too. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited. This is a matchup like the one we circled on the other side, right? The, the Houston and the Mississippi Houston matchup. This is another, this is the matchup that we're going to watch because I think the other side is going to be probably one-sided at some point, like to your point, right? It's a competitive mm-hmm. two quarters maybe. And then the switch turns on and then lights out. And we're done sending you home to Colorado, as they say. So yeah, hopefully I, that's not the case. Yeah. But, but Utah, San Diego, I'm 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 here for it. We got popcorn, ice cream, Slurpee, 
I'm here for it. I want to see. I want to see what Laura, Laura uh, gets get, is going to do against Ninji Martin, and I want to see if Sakura Robinson's going to have her moment, right? Get back that moment that she, you know, take the, that one point loss. So a lot of storylines yep. on this side. Absolutely. Absolutely. So looking forward to it. Nine Cup. If you're a W Score subscriber, uh, it's about ten bucks. Uh, for the month, and if you get it for the year, it's 40 bucks. You get all the replays, plus everything that happened in the season, 2022, 21, everything pretty much in the previous seasons as well. You can go back and watch all the games, including the 2023 season. So, uh, And then there's going to be the Nine Cup event, so go to WNFC on, on Facebook, go to w, WNFC Football on Instagram, get all the lowdown of what's happening in Championship Weekend, plus all the events at Championship Weekend, uh, and so what's going to happen here June 8th through the 10th. So uh, interesting matchups, Mark. And this is going to be a great weekend to watch. Uh, I mean, must-see TV for the most part, as you mentioned earlier, because uh, all this is a crucial, you know, who are we going to get, right? Who's going to come out? Who's the last two on Saturday? And then who's going to actually be in uh, Texas for the Nine Cup? So interesting matchups all, all the way around. Absolutely, and it'll be great to watch on W Score. Um, I th- also one thing that you know we don't really talk a lot about um, is that you know um, the Western Conference games are happening in Salt Lake City, and Eastern Conference games are ha- happening in Georgia, and those are two very very different climates, and so it'll be mm-hmm. very interesting to see um, how that might play into the games that happen. I expect Salt Lake City to probably be like very, very nice conditions. I'm not really sure um, how hot or how humid it might be there in, uh, in Georgia, Decatur, Georgia for these, for these games. I think the benefit is uh, Mississippi, Atlanta are probably used to it where Houston and Washington, maybe not so much. Right. So that there, there could be right. a factor there. Could be. Thanks. All right, Mark, let's move on to the WFA, um, the WFA weekend, week seven, uh, Women's Sports Network. Uh, Amanda Candieldi, uh we said, hey, one and five or three and three was going to be the ending for them. So I got my message. We're here for it. Three and three. 44-16 against Pittsburgh. My return message, well, there was no Chavez. So maybe that would that was a difference, but it's a win, right? So you got the win, you got the win. Uh, so 44-16 right there. Yeah, that was a big win for uh, D.C. Um, Amanda Congialdi had a, had a great game throwing the ball. Um, really just, just kind of, you know, controlled the game from the start. As you said, you know, Pittsburgh's missing two of their best playmakers on offense. Um and they have been for a while. And um, it's just, again, you have to have worry about the health of the Pittsburgh passion. And it, it seems kind of strange, Oscar. It, it, this really kind of seems to be a bit of a recurring, you know, issue is that, like, to my recollection at, at any rate, there have been a number of seasons where, you know, Pittsburgh has started out strong, and then 
have had injury problems, you know, and um, they've had to, you know, just make do with what they had, but weren't as competitive. I remember in 2018, and this is, so this is, you know, this is before Boston was, was dominant, but in 2018, uh, I think anybody who remembers uh, knows that, that Pittsburgh was really the kind of the team to beat that year. Everybody thought, maybe not everybody, but lots of people thought that, Pittsburgh had a very good shot of of taking it all that year. That they had the best team that they had had in a long time, right? Boston was, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, wasn't as dominant as they were. DC not as dominant as they had been for for a couple of years. In twenty seven and seventeen and twenty eighteen, P- Pittsburgh w- was looking very very strong. Um, but they suffered injuries, and you know, although they beat Boston in the regular season, forty-four to forty-one, by the time the playoffs came around, you know, Boston just steamrolled them uh, in the playoffs, and of course went on their uh, remarkable run to the championship that year and in the years since, and haven't lost a game um, for a long time, but. You know, we've seen Horton go down. We saw um, just a number of people at the quarterback position in Pittsburgh. They haven't been able to really solidify. I I just have to wonder, like, why? I I find myself asking, you know, like, maybe their, their strength and conditioning coaching staff, it needs to, you know, find find better ways of getting their players conditioned. Uh, one of the owners of the, of the passion, like literally like built a healthcare um, provider in the Pittsburgh area. And so why are, why do we, con, you know, routinely find ourselves worrying, you know, like finding that Pittsburgh has had so many injuries at the end of a football season, you know, before the end of a football season. Just it, I'm. This is just kind of a rant, Oscar. I'm just kind of going off, but like, this really doesn't make yeah. sense to me. But it's it's a strange, right? It's strange that that's ha- that that would happen, right? It's only happening in that aspect of it. It's strange um, that that's happening. But uh, Mark, uh, if you're DC right now, I mean, you you got the Massies pretty much locked in because of strength of schedule for the most part. So you're probably going to be what number four ranked right now in the Massies. Um, so you're right in the mix. You got to be able to take down the next uh, next week. I think uh, week eight going up against Detroit. Detroit coming off a two point win against Capital City Savages. So you you know Detroit has struggled all season. Yeah, um, you know DC can't. You know they're definitely high off this win off off of Pittsburgh as they should be. It was a really really good win, solid win for that team. They they got a lot of things working in that game, both on offense and defense. They're going to face uh, Detroit now, who has their first win under their belt um, against the Capital City Savages, who are one of the better teams in Division Two. So, um, you know, although the Venom aren't particularly competitive um, in the 
the pro division games that they've had so far. I, I would say that their recent win over Capital City is a, is a good win for that team. And so um, if I were DC, I would not be looking past Detroit. Um, having seen them myself, like I know that they have some skilled players. They have some, some good plays. They, they don't have everything, work, everything working r- right now, but, you know, don't look, pa- don't look past them, especially, you know, uh, with the Massies the way they are. I mean, there's not much of a risk that now that DC will fall out of the, uh, out of the playoff bracket on account of the Massies, but, you know, you don't want to take any chances. Tampa Bay is not that far down from you in, in the rankings. So um, DC, they just need to win it out, and um, then then they'll be in from the looks of it, uh, from looking at yeah, these matches right now. they got to be able to put up a really good performance against Detroit in order for them to kind of just get, a, you know, an edge. Um Mark, if you're Tampa Bay, you get Miami, you got to punch it in. If you're Tampa Bay, you got to punch this in. You cannot not punch it in. I mean, that's just like it's like a must win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely more than a must win. It's like you have to win that and something catastrophic has to happen to DC. Mm-hmm. The way I see mm-hmm. it, if you're Tampa Bay, um I you know, Otherwise, it's really too late. It, it's like you don't have the wins uh, to to make the playoffs. You're in the five position, and you lost to um, uh, everybody else, you know, in the division. So it's it's just not looking too good. They haven't had a great season. Um, you know, they had some transitions on offense, and you know, I think they played some pretty decent football, but, you know, just, it's just not enough uh, for them to get in the playoffs. And, and they could score 100 points against uh, Miami, and they probably could, um, by the way. Um, but, you know, unless something catastrophic happens to, um, to D.C. in this game against Detroit, I do not see Tampa Bay – uh, moving up the Masseys high enough to secure a playoff spot. Agreed, agreed. Um, Mark, Cali War, you get benefit of two D3 wins by forfeit, one, I mean, one by forfeit and the other one by basically a, a win. And so now you got Minnesota. If you're Minnesota, Mark, uh, is this a must win? Because Cali pretty much is shoo-in if, you, if you're looking at the Masseys right now. I, You know, I think Minnesota will be okay regardless of the outcome of this of this game. Um, they'll they'll make the playoffs, um, but at the same time, you know this is one of your conference rivals, a team. You know the Cali War has their their eyes fixed on reaching the WFA Pro National Championship, and. No, at this point, people are not expecting Minnesota to get there. So, so just for the naysayers and all, this is a big game for for Minnesota. I think they want to, I think they want to show out in this one, um, heading into the playoffs, a win against the Cali War, 
would uh, I think do do wonders for their um, their psyche going into the playoffs. But even if Minnesota were to lose, um, you know I don't see them falling far enough to let the Mile High Blaze in. Um, you know they might fall, they might lose some playoff positioning. Right now we've got St. Louis in the top slot, Cali War, and then it's Minnesota. And then it's the Houston Energy. Um, maybe they'd swap places with Houston, with Houston, depending on how on the outcome of this game with the Cali War. But I don't really see them dropping out of the playoff picture at all. For the most part, I would say um, I, I think our playoff teams are pretty much set for the the WFA Pro playoffs. Yeah, they're pretty much intact at this point. Um, Alabama routes Carolina, no surprise there. Um, Minnesota did edge Nebraska, 21-6. St. Louis routed Dallas, which no surprise there. And then Houston, 60-burger in Arlington. And Arlington, I don't know, uh, a big disappointment there. Uh, A lot of turnover probably. There's a lot of question marks there, right? Now they get Alabama on the last week of the season. Um, so if you're uh, Impact fans, the, the season has been very disappointing. It, it worries me. Um, you know, the Impact have been uh, a long-running program in in Texas, kind of against all odds, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for much of the time of their existence, they just haven't been the top team, right? They've always been second or sometimes third or fourth or fifth fiddle to, you know, your Houston energy to your, you know, your teams in Dallas, of which there have been a few, um, uh, you know, so, but they've always managed to kind of stick around. Right. But I, I'm a little bit concerned about whether or not they're, um, their roster will, will, you know, stay intact enough for them to stick around in Division One in, in the pro in the pro set. I really hope so. I really hope so. But it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if they drop um, if they you know continue to lose athletes to other programs, which is pretty much what happened to the Impact this year. Yeah, it's uh, surprising that they've dropped off that much, but I'm pretty sure it's got to be a roster issue, right? It's got to be nucleus, people, uh, players come and go, and you lose that chemistry as well. So there's a lot of – so, um, Mark, big matchup. Um, I mean, what do we say about Boston? It, it's it's uh, the team to beat. Uh, if you watch them on the Revere TV, uh, the Inferno didn't have a shot. Uh, the Inferno uh, offense was very anemic. The defense was not as effective, and so we get a 69-burger. And so Boston goes into Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh just getting what whacked by D.C. Uh, I think, uh, you know, if you're Pittsburgh, uh, you got two weeks to rethink things, right, because you got to get playoff ready because this coming up game, more than likely, is not going to go in your favor. So it's a, it's a matter of, like, you got t- two weeks to really prepare for the playoffs. Yeah. And I, that's how they should be looking at this at this matchup if, if you're Pittsburgh. And quite frankly, that's what Boston, that's I'm sure that's how Boston looks at it too. 
You know, Boston doesn't need to win the game um, in terms of, you know, making the playoffs. Like, just, there are no concerns about it. Um, but both teams need this game to make themselves better, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's, you know, the, the outcome of the game bears little consequence in terms of playoff, you know, positioning or anything. But you want to use it as an opportunity to get better. Um, certainly, you know, protect the health of, of the players that you're going to depend on, you know, going down the line. So I, I don't expect to see, you know, I, you know, I, I just don't expect to see anybody kind of like going overboard in terms of um, um, physicality to win this game. Certainly they're going to play hard but everybody knows that they're going to the playoffs in this one. So, um, you know, that said, I think we're going to see a lot of role players on the field um, getting their reps in and, you know, with the starters putting in a little bit time to just work out some, some things. But um, I, uh, I think it's, it's good that this is not being broadcasted nationally. <laughs> Correct. Good call is the word, right? Good call. <laughs> That's a good call. Um, uh, Mark, let's go to Division Two since we're talking probit. Let's go to Division Two here. Uh, some key matchups that I that I uh, was watching: D two, um, New York, uh, Edges, Baltimore, eighteen fifteen to stay intact there. Atlanta, Rage, forty four to zero over Miami. Uh, we have been talking about Atlanta before the season started, and you said we don't know what they're going to be all about, right? And now they've shown us they're the number one seed in the national conference. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's it, it's very interesting um, that you know they've in their first season have gone four and one, um, and. You know, they played a tough game against Alabama, um, and it was close. It was only, a you know, a 10-point uh, loss for them. So I thought that was a good showing. And, and I think for the most part that accounts for um, Atlanta's, um, you know, rank, being ranked at number one in, in the Eastern Conference of Division Two, Because the other games on their schedule, um, you know, the teams aren't, particularly competitive. Miami has not been very good this year. It's their first year coming back from, from a few years hiatus. Uh, Jacksonville, um, they beat 28 to two and, you know, Jacksonville is, you know, only two and three on the season. Um, Carolina, also another kind of middling um, two and three team beat them 28 to nothing. And East Tennessee actually has a better record. They're like three and two, um, but Atlanta beat them 48 to six. So, I mean, all along the line, um, Atlanta's um, handled their business. So, uh, although, you know, there's not a huge strength of schedule here, taking care of business, they played tough against a team that was, that was uh, good. And that's why they're they're number one. And um, yeah, you're right. We haven't talked a lot about them. Only a little bit here and there. Um, 
but they've definitely shown they've definitely shown that they're um, you know they're a contender and uh, that they've got a, a good thing working there. Um, they you know obviously have serious players and serious coaches, and so I hope they get to um, understand and know them more um, now that we're heading towards the playoffs here. So they're number one. I mean, that's that's pretty wild in a division that's got the New York Wolves, right? Um, mm-hmm. Capital City, Columbus. Pretty good. Yep. So on the other side, it would be uh, it would be Atlanta taking on Capital City, and then it would be New York against Columbus as we stand today. And then on the outside looking in, it would be Grand Rapids, Baltimore, and Derby. And Derby's probably played the the toughest schedule. Uh, in terms of you know facing St. Louis and facing some of the competition, so the 0 and 5, you know, uh, record doesn't really explain you know their tough their uh, strength of schedule basically. But Massey's does reward you in some sense, so they're on the outside looking in at this point. And the other side, Mark, what Mile High couldn't do, Sun City did, took down New Mexico band Benitas. It was 24 to 20. That's right. Um, um, that's very interesting. The Benitas have had an interesting season, to, to say to say the least. Um, you know, a new team this year, maybe not new players, ex- some experienced players, but a new organization um, had some big wins. Um, Sun City um, they had beaten Sun City earlier in the season. And, but in the rematch, Sun City pulls it off. So uh, again, some there's some some sort of parity uh, happening there, which is really good to see. I mean, uh, and this is also, you know, how rivalries are made. So I think that's really good that in the first year of the Benitas, you know, they they split with their uh, closest uh, with their neighbor basically, uh, and, and their closest rival, the Sun City. Mark, if you're knock the New York knockout, Coach Butt, not a happy camper last year. They were knocked out. If you're Coach Butt, man, you're on a mission this year. You take down uh, uh, Tri City D2 team, 19 to eight. So shout out to the New York knockout. Yeah, I mean that's got to be very, very uh, disappointing for uh, Coach Harrigan and, and the team at Tri State. Um, but you know what? Uh, Try said, What can I tell you? Like uh, the knockout is, um, you know, pretty good team here, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and they they're definitely on a mission. They're on a mission to win the D three title, and um, it looks like they're going to have their shot, right? There looks like yep. they're they're going to be in the playoffs, and um, now now it's time to, you know. Show out. Um, do what you said you would have done. <laughs> yep. Show out, right? You got to show out now. Um, Mark, on the American Conference on the D2, Sun City, we just talked about, they're number four ranked. Oklahoma, of course, number one ranked. We've talked about them all year. They're 5-0 and still. Uh, then the surprise of surprises, we almost had Oklahoma City fall to Austin Outlaws. That's just oh, 14-9. to Pretty close You're matchup, right. and a... shout out to the Austin Outlaws for keeping it close. Yeah, kind of a perplexing score, um, considering like 
the strength Oklahoma's, you know, wins, they've scored, like, they're averaging, like, a little bit over 30 points per game um, uh, before they faced Austin. Now, understood that uh, the the weather conditions um, in this game maybe, maybe weren't the best. I, I You know, I, I know there was a lightning delay, I think. Yep. Um, I'm not sure yep. if there was um, – uh, rain at play, but it sounds like it might have been um, a different sort of game. But hey, you know, hats off to Austin play for playing a tough game against you know uh, arguably the best team in in Division Two, right? Fourteen to nine—that's that's something to be pretty proud of if if you're the Austin Outlaws. So that was definitely a good effort on on their part. Um, I'm just, I suppose, a little bit surprised at the numbers of the outcome um, in terms of, you know, Oklahoma City's offensive prowess. But I, I think I just have to sort of set that aside as um, maybe more of an anomaly uh, going mm-hmm. forward. Um, mm-hmm. But if if Oklahoma City does not show out, like that's going to come back and – you know, we'll be thinking about that as, you know, well, maybe that was a sign. And we, we are intrigued by the matchups in D2 right now because uh, if the playoffs did somehow, you know, start it this week, which we got about another week and a half to do that, but in the American Conference D2, it would be number one Oklahoma against Sun, uh, Sun City Stealth, and it would be number four Nebraska, uh, Max Nebraska Pride, taking on the Austin Outlaws in terms of the American Conference. On the other side, it would be Capital City to take on Atlanta Rage and then the Wolves against Columbus Chaos. So interesting there. Uh, let's go to D3 uh, since we're almost, uh, you know, got a couple minutes here left in the show. So D3, Mark, uh, Northeast region, uh, Maine comes back. They're, uh, at this point, it would be, they would be considered number two, uh, number two ranked in terms of the Northeast region, and they would face, obviously, the New York knockout. In the Southeast region, it would be number one and number two, which just met this weekend, and uh, they've been going back and forth, but uh, uh, Palm Beach, or West Palm Beach Coyotes defeated Orlando 40-20, to so they would be a meeting in the playoffs in terms of the Southeast region, uh, in terms of the National Conference. On the other side, Midwest, it would be Oklahoma Rage taking on Seals Falls, no, uh, Snow Leopards. And then you would have, in the Pacific region, Rocky Mountain taking on uh, New Mexico Bonitas. So uh, interesting uh, matchups in terms of the uh, D3 uh, playoff picture. Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, I think those are all um, deserving teams uh, and – They'll provide some great matchups for for Division Three. As always, there are going to be some teams left out of the playoffs um, who maybe feel that they shouldn't have, and I, I think certainly some of them do deserve you know some recognition, at least from from us as as watchers and fans of the game. Uh, you know, I I feel like the Cincinnati Cougars had a really great inaugural season. Um, you know, they have a winning record. Doesn't happen often with a with a new team like that. Um, 
they, you know, they'll, they'll finish 500 at, at the worst, but it doesn't look like they'll be, um, you know, getting into the playoffs. And they have one game against Grand Rapids. So it would, it would have to take a, an upset, I think, to, you know, turn the tables. But um, I just do want to take a moment to congratulate them on uh, a, a very good inaugural season. And they're definitely somebody that – a team that, you know, because of the playoff structure, you know, just got ed- – you know, probably going to get edged out of the playoffs. And, um, you know, and I think it might be good for Division Three to consider bowl games. Um, yep. In addition to playoff structure. I wouldn't really expand the playoffs. I think that's too much. But I think bowl games – Actually, I kind of think bowl games could be a lot more fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? To to yeah. make the matchups. I mean, there's got to be yeah. something of of a divisional because I think it's in terms of the D three realm, uh, regional wise, it's it's just too complicated, right? So you got to be able to kind of. I, it's too regionalized, basically, for that purpose, and it's it's yep. going to be it has to be its own entity for playoff purposes. It can't be as straightforward as pro or division two. It is because there's a lot. I more agree. Space, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, oh, yeah. just can't be that. I totally agree. And they're not evenly spread out. As you say, Correct. It's like it's more regionalized. So, yeah, um, I, yeah I don't, I don't know what, what the league expects to do, uh, how they envision growth in division three moving forward, but hopefully they're considering things like, like bowl games. Yeah, and it would be nice to have, like, a neutral site, right, where on the East Coast you would go to Atlanta or on the Midwest you would go to Texas or something, right, and then on the West Coast you would go somewhere. So that way it's just like you're just going to, you know, it's uh, the burden of travel is going to be lessened in some aspects of it where you just have to go to Canton at the end. So you can plan for Canton mm-hmm. pretty much year-round, right, besides going yep. to a neutral site or something like that. Um, and then it's yeah, probably more cost-effective that way too because it's all teams go to the one 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 facility you're paying for the one facility to get there so maybe they'll think that whole process um mark uh, if you're a new york knockout you got an opportunity here uh you're undefeated can you take down the bad wolves challenge this week so that's a kind of a big matchup there for the d3 team it's the only one i see on there that i if if i'm uh, inclined here in terms of the schedule i think uh, but I'm looking forward to Alabama Fire against Atlanta Rage. That's the one I'm circling right there. Boom. Don't see what the Rage yep. can do for to the Fire. I think those are two, uh, two definitely two interesting matchups. Um, at the beginning of the season, when you know we did a quick uh, did a quick look at uh, the New York Knockout schedule, and um, you know talked about uh, previous to that that their need to you know, add Division Two, you know, at least one Division Two team to their schedule to, to bump up their strength of schedule. And you know, we found that they had New York Wolves on the schedule, um, and so the whole season has passed. Finally, uh, we're at the point where we get to see that game. Um, I'm pretty sure the, the Wolves will uh, prevail, but you know, I, I I'm really hoping to see. Um, the knockout, you know, play competitive game. Uh, that would be 
that would be really cool to see. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing that game. Um, it's, you know, I don't know if it'll be streamed since it'll be taking place in upstate New York. I don't know um, if they happen to do that, but I would, I would love to see that happen. And I agree with you. I think at the Atlanta Rage Alabama Fire rematch will be one to watch, um, especially as both of these teams are heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I anticipate this is a game because they just beat, you know, uh, Tri Tri City. They just beat them. Now, if they can take down New York, right? Two impressive wins, week seven and week eight. That would be very impressive for the knockout. Yeah, it would be. You know, I, there might be a chance. You know, I mean, I feel like the the Wolves schedule, um, or you know, their the outcomes of their games have been uh, kind of un- underwhelming, if you will, uh, in terms of you know um, domination. They don't really they they don't seem as dominant as they have been. Um, I mean, hey, they they've won every game. They're undefeated, so. You know, definitely giving them credit for that. Um, but some of these games seem a little bit closer than than I would have expected. So um, this game, this match between the Wolves and the Knockout, the battle for New York, could be could be a really good one. I agree. Um, I don't know if Nate's uh, Nate said he was going to join us, so I don't know if he's on the line. Let me double check for you. Uh, Nate, is that you? I'm here. All right, Nate. Uh, welcome. We got a couple minutes here, so uh, let's break it down here. Um, we got uh, Mark and myself take already, so let's let's get your take here. Uh, Utah, San Diego. Oh gosh, what a matchup. Um, I'm leaning heavily on Utah. Going Utah, okay. And then Texas, Denver. Uh, definitely Texas on that one. There, there's no way I'm going against them. If you leveraged the mortgage, you would go Texas, right? If you're, like, going on the mortgage. Maybe, right? maybe. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Nate, Mississippi, Houston. Uh, thinking back to last week. Houston. You're going Houston with the upset. Very good. Okay, the, you're yep. the odd man out, by the way. So that's good. Okay. All right. Um, Atlanta, Washington. 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 Ooh. All right. So, Mark. I'm okay. playing, I'm playing uh, the gutsy card. You, <laughs> you sir, are going to get a big Slurpee, maybe a big 18-ounce, 20-ounce Slurpee if these predictions do come true. Because <laughs> you'll be okay. in line for a Slurpee. <laughs> um, so, but uh, you know what? Uh, we love it, right, Mark? It's bold. Can can it happen? Absolutely. We don't know. We'll we'll know yeah. we'll know when, we'll know Thursday for sure, and and Thursday is the day we'll know on W score. So, all right, uh, Nate. So that's that's cool. You, you just you just throw a wrinkle in the mix because the other two boys here we're, we're just going straight forward with everything. <laughs> but good, it's a ripple in the water. There you go. We're taking it. All right. And I think Houston Houston has the opportunity, as Mark pointed out before as well, that Houston does have they're pretty much evenly matched. So uh, there's a, there's opportunity there. And then Washington, nothing mm-hmm. to lose, right, Nate? You got nothing to lose. You right. chip on your nothing shoulders, you make the playoffs last year, take down Atlanta, right? 
Absolutely, absolutely. So it's it's a great matchup coming up here for the WNFC 2023 Nine Cup Playoffs, Eastern Conference, uh, Mississippi, Houston. Uh, myself and Mark took Mississippi. Mr. Nate Ward, Houston um, Mambas. Atlanta, Phoenix, Washington Prodigy. Uh, we gave it a little bit of the edge to Atlanta, but Nate Ward here, Washington Prodigy. So you're going to be loved in Washington and Houston, Nate, by the way, if, that, if this happens. The outcome comes <laughs> To be, you're gonna, you're gonna be. Nate said that'll be the line. Nate did say last <laughs> week. So you're gonna be a little famous guy if that if if this uh, comes out. Um, and then Texas, Denver, and so Denver's got to play the heart out, right? Uh, um, Nate, three phases. They got to play three phases of the game to get a shot. Yep, 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 yeah. And then you know what? You should know by now. I always like you know in the pot so you know that's yeah. why i'm here if salty's not here i'm here <laughs> yeah you're making it up i'm pretty sure we are missing her <laughs> but yeah a little bit of salty from you it's it's it's, it's welcome <laughs> all right uh so mark i don't know uh renegades aren't going to lose against pittsburgh that's probably tell you that right now and unless mm. uh i don't know unless uh minnesota somehow surprises us uh, I'm assuming Cali War would be the victor, so that's the other uh, the two matchups there. So, and uh, Nate, I don't think you're going to get uh, going against Boston, right? This weekend? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. And then Cali War against uh, Cali War in Minnesota. So I'm assuming you're a West Coast guy at this point, or are you going to go with the Northern crowd? I'm going with the Northern crowd. You know. Wow, just because we're the West Coast doesn't mean I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. you know, back that direction. Well, if you're a, if you're a Vixen prodigy and a Mamba fan, boy, you, you're loving this guy named Nate, Nate Ward here right now. <laughs> yeah, you better send some T-shirts out to Nate, man. Nate, give them Ward, your address, yeah. man, so you can collect some free do swag. It. Direct message Nate Ward. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> he's on it. <laughs> All right, fanfare galore here. All right, uh, Nate, uh, thanks for coming in. It's really putting a, a mix at the end of the five minutes of our show here. That's that's really cool. We we really appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it isn't like the Kraken, but, you know, it's another year. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's another year, more games, more excitement, you know. It's all fun, and right? So you know. And then uh, we don't have uh, X League yet, so I guess we can do what we got for now. So the W score, Absolutely. WNFC, you can get uh, WFAProFootball.com. Get the televised schedule there of this weekend's games. But, um, it's going to be D.C., Detroit, and it's going to be Cali, Minnesota. Uh, one of them's going to be on w, uh, WSN. The other one's going to uh, both, I think, on WSN, if I'm correct, unless they made a typo there. But both are going to be at WSN. And then uh, Pittsburgh. Boston is the other matchup that we're looking at. Um, so, I don't know. Nate, thank you for coming in. Uh, Mark, we yep. kind of broke it down for everybody. Now it's Thursday, right? Let's get ready, get the popcorn ready, get the drinks ready, and let's get ready for Thursday. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I love a little Thursday night football. It's going to be excellent. All right. So, for Nate Ward, Mark Simone, the absent Mackenzie Brooks, Holly Custis, and Terry Lister, Oscar Lopez here. Don't forget – be here at episode 451 as we are going to dissect everything that's going to happen June 
8th through the 10th in the WNFC. So catch us next week. Have a great night, everybody.